0: Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group. And our toll-free number, 800 951 The website at allamericangold.com. And man, it is already November. I guess it's uh, official. The holiday season upon us. Uh, thank- or Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's coming up followed by christmas and of course halloween uh this weekend Uh, we we live in a very low traffic halloween area uh so we we actually weren't planning on having any trick-or-treaters uh we actually went over to a friend's house uh, for sunday dinner and even there where they 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 have a, a a lot of houses uh, pretty light, pretty light, pretty light traffic. A lot of a lot of leftover candy. Uh, did not make it to my house, thankfully, because, uh, well, I would have ate it all. Uh, but hopefully you guys had a great uh, Halloween, and now we get ready uh, for Thanksgiving. It's November. We've got a Fed meeting this week. We're going to learn all about taper. Uh, very interesting. You know, Friday, Gold Falls, on High, hot, whatever you want to call it, inflation. And they're going to have to taper this meeting. And, you know, And, of course, we've all, they've been talking about taper for how long now. We know it's coming. Not because they want it to come. See, that's the other part that nobody really wants to admit. They actually don't want to taper. Because, believe me, if they really did, they would have started this a long time ago. Uh, th- th- they're being forced into uh, this policy, and today I think gold's kind of reflects that. All. You know, gold down back uh, seventeen ninety five, seventeen ninety six. Silver's so back above twenty four dollars to the ounce this morning. Uh, as we're going to have the meeting, we'll, we'll learn on Wednesday. We'll, we'll know if they're tapering this month or next month. I, I don't think it really matters one way or the other. Uh, but as I'm, as I am. Every day now, I'm joined with my partner, Jason, up in Colorado. And Jason, really? I mean, does it matter? I mean, 15, and, and again, $15 billion a month. They're, they're hoping, Jason, to be done with bond purchases sometime uh, towards the middle, let's say the back middle of next year.
1: Well, I don't know if that will happen or not, Joe. We'll see. If they can get away with uh, continuing to purchase things, they'll do it. So I, uh, I don't know if they'll taper or not, Joe. I, why do I get the feeling they're going to come out like we are pretty sure that we're going to taper next month? But I think that's what they're going to say. Yeah, we're pretty sure next month we're going to do it. And then we'll have to wait another month that to see. That would be
0: interesting. So, so, again, we're split. I think they're going to taper this month uh, because uh, the inflation data keeps getting worse. And, I, and I've got a feeling... They already know what next month's inflation number is going to be. Uh, and, I, and I think it's going to be another hot number, so I, I think it's advantageous. And again, I don't know that it matters. You do bring up a good point now. We we, we never really saw taper before until uh, Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen. They came up with quantitative easing. Uh, they came up with the bond buying programs during the financial crisis. right again remember they call them tools. Right? oh we got all these tools but it's the same tool with a different name. The only tool the Fed has is debt. It's the only tool. So remember the first time they did quantitative easing the balance sheet went from about 700 billion dollars to point five trillion. Well, I guess it was a little less than that four point four, four point three trillion, whatever it was. And then Janet Yellen said, "Oh, you know, look, we fixed everything, and we're going to start tapering, and we're going to bring the balance." Now, the balance sheet wasn't going to go all the way back to seven hundred billion, right? There, you know, it wasn't quote unquote transitory because right? it was never going to go all the way back but they wanted to get the number below 3 trillion right and i want to say officially somewhere between 2.5 to 2.8 trillion that's how many bonds they were going to be holding treasury bonds mortgage backed securities they only got to about 3.8 or 3.9 trillion when they had to the reverse course and now the balance sheet is almost 9 trillion so that's a pretty good trick, really, when you think about it, Jason. Since 2008, they've added eight trillion dollars to their balance sheet—money that they've created out of thin air—which just ought to tell everybody what the real value of the dollar is.
1: Yes, I don't think you can lower that number for them to stay in control. So, I mean, I saw I saw this number, Joe, that somebody was presenting that the the Fed can come up with a two percent inflation. And that's what they're responsible for. So all of the, uh, let's just say it goes to 7%. Well, the other 5%, that's somebody else's fault. But here's the new Fed number that says we're, we're responsible for two of it. The other five is something else that we can't control. They might they might go to that.
0: You know, that's a really interesting take uh, because, again, I think, uh, and we're hearing it now, right? Oh, well, it's the supply bottleneck. Yeah, that that's the problem. Uh, we we we, we, did, we have supply chain issues. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh, wait, you know what? It was COVID. Yeah, that, that's what... We're still dealing with that issue yep. as to why inflation is higher than it is. I, I think that's spot on. I really do. I think you're right. I think they'll say, well, you know, we did our part. All the rest of it... Well, that was somebody else's fault.
1: Picture yep.
0: Radio News Hour... Joe Jake with Jason Walker. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour on this Monday. Man, what a year. 2021 flying by as uh, November has started. Uh, We got a Fed meeting this week. Uh, We've got... Uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, you know, is there is there going to be the great turkey shortage? Now, our Christmas tree shortages. I mean, I guess that's the the new word of the day. Uh, shortages everywhere. How about this though? This one was uh, caught my eye over the weekend. The United States top coal miner said that they've experienced a massive surge in demand as power companies are restarting coal-fired plants due to the high natural gas prices to try to prevent electricity shortages ahead of winter. And again, you know, and you start thinking about uh, what we're talking about, and I've been telling you Wait till you see what happens to utility bills this winter. I'm not talking 5, 10, 15, 20%. Don't be surprised. I think if 50%, you'll be lucky. A lot of places you're going to see utility bills double. But here's, here's what's really fascinating. Uh, The second largest coal miner has sold every lump of coal that it can get out of the ground for all of next year. They sold it all, Jason, at 20% over the current spot price.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. And Joe, the the coal dependence, I think, is going to grow. I think you're going to be see more uh, coal plants uh, and more demand on coal because they're still going to push their agenda of climate change. And uh, that's going to be a lot of electric cars needing coal plants.
0: Well, that's the thing. We, we have no, there's no way we're going to be able to meet the demand. It's actually uh, just idiotic math. It, it's so basic uh, that so I did hear I, the uh, Joe Biden, and again, we are going to pay the price for having this week of a leader. You know, and, and I think sometimes we got to be reminded because you know this is this is how we ended up with Jimmy Carter, right? This is how we end up with, with guys like Joe Biden, right? You have, I'll call it the Nixon Trump effect. And, and everybody's horrified and upset and this and that. And then all of a sudden, uh, you realize, oh, wait a minute. Maybe those guys weren't so bad after all. But somebody, hopefully, is starting to get through to this guy. Because he made a comment over the weekend that he now finally admits he's a little concerned that we uh, may not have... <laughs> Enough oil if they, you know, with their plan, you know, the, the plan that they have in place. Listen, I've been saying this forever. They don't want coal. They don't want natural gas. They don't want oil. They've come up with these horrible uh, uh, initiatives where, hey, by 2030, we want 80% of the cars to be electric. By 2035, nothing but electric cars. That is the most idiotic economic policy we've ever seen. And really, truthfully, Jason, wouldn't it make sense, and I mean this in sincerity. If global warming is true, which a lot of us out there just kind of say, listen, go go through history well before humans even roam the earth, right? The earth goes through hot and cold cycles all the time. And they're long-lasting cycles, cycles that last hundreds of years. I mean, at a case in point: we've had a couple of ice, ice ages, right? We've had uh, periods of of extreme warmth. But if it was real, there's actually the easy answer. And that would be nuclear, right? Nuclear power would fix it all. It would produce enough power for the electric cars. It would produce, you know, a, a, a much better than, well, only better for the environment if there isn't a Fukushima. But, right, I mean, it could be solved. But the the way they're going about it, it's never going to be solved with wind and solar, Jason.
1: It's, yeah, nuclear is too efficient, Joe, <clears throat> and, uh. Believe it or not, I actually see a, and this is long term, down, you know, maybe a couple of decades, I see us going to these electric cars and moving away from oil just for a a certain amount of time. I was watching some stuff, Joe. I think global warming really could be, in fact, a problem because of Iran. Believe it or not, that country, I was watching a whole bunch of stuff. And it seems to me that this little 30-mile Strip of water where all the oil has to go through there. Uh, I don't think this. I think this is a chink in the globalist armor. Uh, armor. I, I don't think they can control Iran from blocking that. They got mines. They got uh, all kinds of machines to blow away ships. If Iran decided to block that, 80% of the oil that is distributed worldwide would just stop. So the Strait of Hormuz. Yeah, Jason. The Strait. Yes. Yes. I. I I was looking at this really closely. Man, do I th- have a feeling that they're they're trying to they're building pipelines or trying they're doing everything they can to isolate themselves from Iran? Because that's one of those one of those countries, Joe, that does not have a central bank in league with ours, and they and, you know they can't do anything about it. And if they go in, they blowing the country up. They will they will take out that straight. They can put these mines and the, Iran's much more powerful than I really gave them credit for. They they, there's a, they have a problem there, and I think a lot of this global warming stuff has to do with that, Joe. Rockefeller oil, they want, it, they want everyone on, on oil, Joe. So maybe we go into green energy and then maybe 10 years after that, we go back to oil after Iran's taken out. That that might be what we're looking at.
0: Man, it's just crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm reading through this coal stuff. Uh, Peabody, which is our largest coal producer, they've said they've sold out 90% of all yep. of their production for 2022 and 2023. Uh, Alliance, uh, they, they've only got, they, they they ship 32 billion tons a year. That's what they can do. They've already sold 30 million tons for next year, so they've only got like 2 billion tons left. Uh, they've already half sold out for 2023, and, and I don't know where the, this extra energy is going to come from. This is a big problem. Yep, It's a big problem. Because natural gas where we are at right now is too expensive and the problem is we don't have enough now we do but the world doesn't they don't have enough case in point our natural gas prices here are up 300 percent i mean we we look at gasoline you know, uh gasoline i saw is up a dollar twenty a gallon more this year than last year which is about 33%. Natural gas is up 300%. Oil. We've already talked about Cushing, Oklahoma. Approaching the lowest inventory on record in in any recent time. And by recent, I'm talking like the last 40 years. That's, That's how low the supply is getting. China, the only other country that I know of that has a strategic oil reserve of any kind, you know, that has any oil in it, they've got the same problem. Their strategic reserve is at a record low, And so now all of a sudden, you go back to coal. Right? And coal is, they only fire the coal plants when they need to. Now, now China and India that's a different story but but in in the United States and Europe that's the last place they go because it was always the most expensive option well now the coal price isn't any more expensive maybe actually less expensive at least for now but the problem is Jason there's not that much left right the coal mining companies have all shrunk in size Right, they don't. You know, they they only can get X amount out of the ground. And what the coal miners are saying is, listen, we're done for 2022. We've sold everything we can possibly get out of the ground. And I and I'm telling you right now, I th- there's this storm brewing in the energy sector yep. uh, that I don't think people see coming. I think somebody finally woke up, freaking Joe Biden, from a nap. Because, and I've been saying it for a while, $100, I'm not talking about $100 oil. The case that we're going to see all-time high oil, natural gas, and coal prices, Jason, is becoming more and more likely by the day. And this is just another example of it. This is it. Hey, we're done. We can't, we're going to produce the maximum amount we have. Well, then what happens? Right? If you can't fire the natural gas plant and you can't fire the coal plant, you don't have power.
1: I don't think the usage of, of energy dramatically went up from 2019 to 2021. I mean, obviously in 2020 there was a shutdown, so I kind of put that out for a minute. If, if uh, there wasn't a dramatic uptick in energy use, then what is everyone getting ready for? Where is it going, Joe? Somebody, I think there's a lot of preparations going on. There are definitely a plan in place. And, uh, th- 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 it th- is very interesting, yeah. isn't
0: it? Yeah. Because you make a great point. Why now? Now, I know, listen, nobody's giving money to coal miners. That dried up a long time ago. So I could, I could kind of understand that one. Right? Where the coal miners are like, hey, listen. It's not like we've got... Like, this isn't the old days. Right? Where we've got... Twenty, thirty thousand unemployed coal miners waiting around for us to go back to work. They're gone. Right? And, and, and the money isn't there. Nobody was, hey, let's give Peabody more money to open up a new coal mine. But what's happened over the last five years is... Despite Donald Trump, remember Donald Trump was pushing against and pushing against and pushing against and saying we need to be energy independent, we need to invest in these oil companies and oil fields and all this and that. The reality was, is he was the lone voice in the woods. And and the money just didn't flow. And we, we haven't spent enough money, and it's just like, we tell the story all the time. A new gold mine, a new silver mine. You're talking almost 10 years to get it online. Now, a, a new oil field, it may not be 10 years, but it's years. And, and all the government regulation and all, you know, OSHA this and that and the other, J- Jason, they, they just haven't invested.
1: right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, and, I,
0: and again, the math was so simple. I don't understand how anybody could have looked at this and said, "Man, that's a great idea." But yet, here we are.
1: Well, the turning on and turning off of the oil coming, which you say from Saudi Arabia, has, has always been kind of a, an easy trick. So, I mean, like I said, maybe something in that trick is uh, very suddenly uh, changed, Joe. That's that's kind of what I'm seeing. They were shutting down on coal and. Trying to shut down on oil usage for their uh, their global warming stuff. Something somebody must have taken advantage.
0: Somebody did. Yes, I wonder. We'll find out eventually who it is. But but it's just ex- interesting. I don't know that I've ever read something like that where a ma- a major commodity where companies have said we've sold out for this year. And we're almost sold out for next year. Uh, It's almost, you know, because logic would tell you with Booby, we should be in there. We should have every miner uh, in the country in there. But the realities are uh, they don't want to put any money into it. And and who's they? Well, that's your pension funds, your hedge funds, the bankers, right? They've all been convinced uh, by the extreme left. But I'll tell you right now, I guess it'll make an electric car well, I don't even know if that makes it seem affordable because utility prices are going to go through the roof, just the way gasoline's going to go through the roof. My God, be done. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. You know, during the break, I was thinking, what if we had maybe a recession? Maybe that could stem. Uh, the tide here of, of what's happening uh, in all of these markets, uh, not just the energy market. I mean, outside of that, Jason, I don't see how we stop this. The uh, when, when you just look at the numbers, even with you know we only had two percent GDP third quarter. I mean, that's we're not blowing off the doors here. We're not doing. Uh, the numbers that we were doing for the last year now, as all the stimulus has stopped, even at two percent, the problem uh, is going to remain. I mean, we probably have to go into to a major recession, Jason, uh, to avert this.
1: Are you talk about another coronavirus shutdown.
0: Maybe. That
1: would right? slow. Maybe that would slow it, That would slow down the energy use.
0: Something to to stop it. Yeah, I mean it would have to be significant uh, we just got the manufacturing data out now this is a uh, October number uh, both the service sector and the manufacturing sector uh, the readings were the lowest we've seen uh, going back at least a year but it was inside of the numbers. There were some really interesting things. Number one, the rate of charge inflation. So, in other words, uh, this is our uh, service sector guys, right? So, your plumbers, your AC guys, right? Stuff like carpet cleaners, whatever, I mean, gold dealers. And then, of course, your manufacturers charging more. It accelerated at the fastest pace on record. So again, tells you inflation is only getting worse, right? Not better. Because this number should have started falling by now. And it's not. Matter of fact, uh, they're saying, hey, as as of October, it was a record. Then we start going more into detail. U.S. manufacturers said that it was another near-record lengthening of supply chains, right? which just simply means, hey, what used to take us two weeks now takes four or six or eight, ten, twelve. But there were some other things that were really interesting. They said that Shortage of conspo- uh, components constraining production. The growth in that number was the lowest since July. So they're like, well, yeah, that's a problem. but it, and, and it's rising, but it's slowing a little bit. So that, I would view that as a positive. But half of all companies said that they made less stuff in October. But they went in and said 1 in 10 said we made less because we didn't have enough labor. But this was the one that kind of got me thinking, Jason. 1 in 4 reported that demand had fallen.
1: Yep. That's right, Joe. Uh, I've I've said it many times. I I, I totally believe that we're in a market crash right now. You know, Think about it. We're trained to think that if there's a market crash, the Dow and the S&P 500 should be going down. We're just trained. That's the way we're trained now with these crashes. So if, if you're losing control of your own system, the Fed will say, and economic numbers are going, to, are, are going in the wrong direction, if you can just prop up those two things, people are going to be confused. They don't really understand that it's a market crash. This, this is a market crash. I mean, my wife went to buy, uh, I said, you know, like a week or two ago, so some salmon on, on one of these restaurants. She buys, it's like teriyaki thing. And, and they said, well, we're have, we have no salmon. So she, she checked this weekend You know, hey, maybe they got it back in. They said, well, we don't know when we're getting it back in, but we know it's going to be several months out. Which to, to me means, Joe, I don't think this place is going to be serving salmon anymore.
0: That's what happens in a market it, crash. And, and that's exactly right. And, and, and we're seeing this play out all over the place. And, and and here's the other thing. So you've got orders falling. The problem is what they were saying is, yeah, my orders are falling. But the prices I'm paying for the orders that I'm getting keep going up. And that's not a normal market cycle. Usually what happens, well, demand is slowed down, prices fall. Right? Hey, I, we don't need as much, you know, whatever it is, ketchup or mustard. We don't need uh, as many uh, rivets or we don't need as much rolled steel or we don't need as much whatever it may be. Usually, that would all of a sudden mean okay. Well, those prices are going to start to drop. They're not. They're actually going the other way.
1: That's right. Just think about this, Joe. I I I, I was a cognizant of the '87 crash and the dot-com bubble and the housing crash. I don't remember not getting salmon or, or waiting seven months for furniture during those crashes.
0: Yeah, this is a new one, you know. And I wasn't old enough, you know, in the during the '70s to know. Uh, but but uh, I know this. We had the oil, sh- right? The oil shortage. We remember, remember that. Yep. But a lot of people are saying, "Hey, we had that." Th- that there were similar things like that happening in the '70s as well, Jason.
1: Ab- absolutely. That's the only thing we can compare it to because it was the last time that we had a significant inflation cycle. I mean, not just the forced inflation that the Fed has given us for decades, where they take a piece of our or uh, of us every year. Uh, no, this is this is extreme inflation because of of sick, uh, immense market stress, and uh, there's a, there's a lot of factors to it. You know, you, you got a, you got a pandemic, you got uh, you, you got all of these factors, Joe, s- and <laughs> it's telling you. We're, We've been screaming and hollering. Just me, me and, and Brian, we joined up in 2018. We've been screaming about it. I, Joe, I don't even know how you and Eric did it for all the years you did it. You know, you told people, watch out. And this this is almost kind of what you guys were actually waiting for. This is what you were actually saying. Hey, it can get really bad. It's sure setting up for, for really bad stuff, especially by next year. And, you
0: know, part of the problem was how long they got away with it. I think that was the thing that surprised me the most. Right, is, is how long it took and it and, and emboldened them to get, to get riskier and riskier and riskier. Now, one of the reasons it, it took this long is who would have ever believed that the Federal Reserve would have a balance sheet of $9 trillion? I mean, that's almost half of the economy of the United States. It's, it's mind-blowing to, to think about. But this is how much debt they created, and they tried to hide it all. And now guess what? It's all pouring out into the system. And we're, we're just like Jason said, we're in the mi- middle of a market crash, and we don't even know it. Pace Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Mike Larson from Weiss was out over the weekend and really laying out a a case, uh, and I think he's right on here. Jason and I have been telling you, as soon as the taper re- officially starts, that's when the next rally comes for for gold and silver. And and Larson is saying he expects, and, and we'll see. I I I I. I uh, Appreciate his his bullishness, uh, but in the next six months, all time highs in both gold and silver. Uh, so that would be—I mean, you're talking—you uh, know, gold. You know, we're, we're $300 away from an all-time high. That's that's a nice move. That's not, you know, a huge move by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but he and he's calling for in the next six months twenty two to twenty four hundred dollar gold. Uh, but silver, Jason, that would be more than a doubling of the silver price. Uh, and again, we're, we've been waiting. We we know about supply. Uh, there isn't any. It, are we finally going to get this move in silver uh, that puts the market? Because quite quite honestly, the market's not going to find equilibrium again, Jason, until we see it happen.
1: I think it'll go there, Joe. I think I think that's a good prediction. Um, you know,
0: well, and, and again, you know, just to, uh, to point this out, here's what he's saying: We're going to find out very, very quickly in early 2022 that the Fed isn't going to do anything with interest rates uh, because he, you know, uh, and again, you start looking at this data, the economy's going to be. Uh, sl- have completely slowed down. And we'll see if they even finish taper, right, Jason?
1: I, Joe, to me, I, I don't even know if they're ever going to taper. I, mean, I don't know if they can. I think the only way, the way that they can taper is when the whole thing crashes. They, they're going to have to have a crash before they can taper. That's how I see it. Don't, I don't even know how they can taper. They, they're they're stuck. So, I mean, I, I keep going to this. If If restaurants are running out of salmon... Does anyone really think that there's plenty of silver out there for everybody? So, yeah, doubling the silver price, is, it seems like an automatic because everything else is going up, Joe. It's going to happen.
0: I will have some information on silver, uh, silver eagles in the next few days. So right now I don't have anything. I can get it, but what I've got to pay for it, what I've got to charge you for it, uh, but I may have uh, something coming up in the silver markets in the next few days uh, where we can be uh, probably, once again, we'll probably be at or the cheapest price in the country. Uh, but but I, I haven't gotten the deal done yet, so I'm working on that. Uh, I'll keep you posted when that happens. Uh, right now, uh, $20 gold pieces. You know, we got gold up again here, uh, $20 gold pieces, uh, at twenty one hundred dollars today, at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. We had some ten dollar liberties that we sold uh, last week at a thousand thirty five. We pretty much sold out of them, but I I got a note uh, from the guy, the wholesaler that we were buying them from. He has a few more, uh, so I, I we've got about fifteen more ten dollar liberties. Even though gold's up ten bucks. Uh, that we can sell at that $1,035 price. So if it's me, I'm in the $10 pieces first uh, before I'm buying the twenties. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, And then I'll keep you up to date on silver. Uh, we, we may be able to do something uh, pretty aggressively with Silver Eagles. Uh, this was, unfortunately, maybe the last shot at it jason between now and the end of the year because the mint just keeps saying the same thing we don't have any extra to sell you all the silver that we are producing has already been pre-sold
1: right and then we'll see uh at what month next year that people can actually get their hands on 2022s because i have a feeling they're gonna a lot of people are gonna be uh buying ahead on those and making it hard to even get the new year. You, you know what is it like a month or two in we can usually sell those I don't know if we're going to be able to do that in a couple of months in. It, it could be difficult. Well, you know, that's
0: a great point because the mid shuts down. We know that they're getting ready to do that sometime in the next, say, four weeks. Right, They're going to shut down uh, four to five weeks, and then they'll be shut all of December, and they start making those 2022 Silver Eagles. Uh, and I think you're right, Jason. I think it's going to be record pre-orders. In other words, everybody and their mother is going to put in uh, record amounts. I think uh, Jason's probably right. There's probably going to be a shortage. Uh, it may not be by the time the, the the dealers like us get our hands on them. It could be late January. Normally, usually by the second week of January, they start flowing in. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, remember last year, last January, of course it was, you know, the COVID thing and this and that and the other, but uh, it was well into February, and I think that could play out again.
1: Yep, that yeah, you have to be patient for those 2022s because it, it might take a while because if some uh, silver hog is buying millions of ounces right on the front end, Joe, it's, it can be hard for them to want to sell it to the small guys when they got the big orders to fill.
0: Yeah, and that and that's just you know that that's just the world we live in. You know, we, we, we likened it to the Target, Walmart, Kroger, Amazon syndrome. Right? They went and bought what was out there, and and everybody else uh, could be left holding the bag. So it's going to be it's going to be a wild finish uh, in the in the precious metals markets. Uh, and again, if if you think the way you know like Jason and I do, the Fed is in a box here. Jason's like, I'm not even convinced they're going to taper at all. I think they're going to try. They're not tapering because they want to. And I think early in 2022, we're going to realize the Fed's never, never, ever planning on raising interest rates, at least not in the foreseeable future. Uh, and when, when that happens, just a little money into gold and silver is probably going to send it off to the races. Peso Radio News, Hour final segment coming up. 800 Gold's up 10, 1794. Silver's up 10 cents, uh, 24.05. Uh, the Dow is mixed. Uh, well, Wall Street is mixed. The Dow's up 30. The S&P's down one. Uh, the Nasdaq's up 50. Crude oil. Been as high as 84.88 today. Uh, unleaded gas. Higher again. The end today, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep watching uh, as this plays out. By the way, uh, U.S. crude, Nymex crude, has now caught Brent, uh, which is Brent is you know that's what I'll call Saudi Arabia crude or, or European crude. Usually, uh, we're two three dollars less, uh, but but due to the storage situation in Oklahoma, Jason. Uh, that whole spread has gone away.
1: Exactly, Joe. I mean, we'll keep on. It'll be like a broken record until inflation actually goes away. It's it's, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. I mean, I I hear you reporting basically record highs on the Dow and the and the S and P and and you mean know, it's broken. Does anyone really have any any? Uh, Uh, They they really think these markets are that value, that they really are, you know, hey, I I can depend on the markets. Those companies are rock solid, right?
0: (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, the trade deficit number last month, 96.3 billion. That's almost, well, that's well over a trillion dollars a year of wealth leaving the United States. And this number, we've been watching this number over the last 10 or 15 years as we've started printing all of this money out of thin air and all this other stuff and on all of that happened is more and more money leaves the United States and people don't realize it they don't realize it and and this is the other hard part of it Jason and part of, of, of what is happening uh, with us we're in the middle of a crash but we don't even see it yet and the problem is, sooner or later, when we finally wake up, we're going to wake up and realize uh, the country isn't nearly as wealthy as it once was because we gave it all away.
1: And, Joe, we have to, we have a visual that goes with that deficit now. Empty containers on ships. That's, the, that's your visual for a deficit right there. So California, the
0: geniuses in California, they want to start charging companies. Well, they're actually going to charge the shippers. $100 a container for every container that's at the port longer than nine days. Primarily, those containers belong to Walmart and Amazon and Costco and, and Kroger. And they, they said, hey, California, okay, do you really want us to do this? Do you really want us to go? Because if we do, there's not going to be a single truck and a chassis left to get any of the other containers out, and you're actually go. All we're going to do is we're going to make those ships stay out to sea even longer and i think this is exactly what we're gonna see jason another small Uh, business solutions these guys they have no idea they come up with these ideas they have no idea what's really happening in the real world
1: i don't know joe that hundred dollars per container that's something walmart can handle but smaller trucking companies probably it's a little more expense for them sounds like another small business crush uh, situation well what it's
0: going to do is lead to higher prices because they're actually going to charge the shippers the shippers go back and pass it along, and and the all all that's going to do is going to make the cost of everything go up. even more expensive. I mean, you, you you hit it right on the head. Walmart, Amazon, they'll absorb it. It's going to be the little guys that again can't do it. Patriot Radio News Hour. God bless everybody.